Hey, it's Josiah. Before we get started with this episode, I have something very special to share with you. You know, we've delved deep into what it means to be an Enneagram 5 together for the past few years, especially with our friend of the show, Sam Greenberg, or as many of you know her, the Enneagram expert. And now we want to go even deeper with you. We've worked together with Sam to craft an online workshop exclusively for type 5s to help you unlock the secrets of connection with every Enneagram type. This is not just another generic workshop. It's a deep dive into understanding and nurturing relationships tailored specifically for your unique perspective. Imagine getting practical, actionable insights on connecting with each of the nine Enneagram types all through the lens of a type five. Sam's going to guide you on how to build meaningful relationships, sharing strategies and insights specifically designed for fives. I've seen firsthand how Sam's insights can transform understanding and communication. And I'm so excited to partner with her to bring this exclusive workshop to you. Whether you're looking to deepen current relationships or navigate new ones, this workshop is a game changer for fives seeking genuine connection. Spots are limited, and trust me, you don't want to miss this. So head over to Enneagram5.com connection to secure your place and begin your journey towards richer, more authentic connections. Once again, go to Enneagram5.com connection or visit the link in the description to get your ticket to the workshop today. Sam, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> we reached out at like the beginning of the year and we we're like, hey, Sam, come record with us this season. She's like, okay. And then she didn't hear from us for like eight months. And then I reached back out. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, Sam, we're going to record. Uh, okay, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, you guys better record right away because I'll be busy. <laughs> yeah. Very soon, actually. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're glad here. you're here. We're we're glad we could fit it in. Um, and this is actually a topic that's been widely requested across the uh, across the community, which is the levels of health. And cool. Cody and I, uh, you know, we are not Enneagram experts, so we thought, hey, why don't we bring someone in who actually knows what they're talking about? And of course, we brought in our favorite person who knows what they're talking about, and that's Sam. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, here we are. So, Sam, what are the levels of health? <laughs> Do this whole episode for us <laughs> yeah. and go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a bit of different thinking on this. But this originated from the Rizzo-Hudson um, theory model. You know, that's the big blue book, the wisdom of the Enneagram that a lot of people have and use. And they have nine levels of health for each type. Um, there's And they're kind of like divided into three. So it's healthy top three, and then there's average three, and then there's unhealthy three. A lot of people don't like the, that language anymore because it's like judgmental. So people say well, also integrated is the top and then average and then disintegrated. 
I don't know, pick your vocabulary for it. But basic idea is that a type, any type, but we're here to talk about five, is going to look very different depending on how healthy you are, how much therapy you've done, probably how like much self-work you've done. And the more self-work you've done, the less you act like the stereotype traditional five or traditional type. That would be the overview, I guess. Okay. And I've also, I think I've heard it, I've heard it called levels of development as well. Okay. So the idea is that the more you work on yourself, the less you're a five. (laughs) I don't think they say it like that, but that's how I think of it. It's like, essentially it becomes very hard to type people um, who are very, very healthy. So have we talked about growth arrows before? So Cody and I did uh, an episode on integration and disintegration, but we didn't actually talk about how it works. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it was like a a layman's (laughs) (laughs) episode. So So, let's like briefly touch on that. So one of the, the ideas within the Enneagram symbol is that there's arrows, you know, lines connecting all the types to each other. And the two, I'm just going to talk about fives because it's going to get too complicated. For fives, there's an arrow to seven and there's an arrow to eight. And towards seven would be the direction of disintegration. And towards eight would be the level of integration. Meaning that a much healthier five is going to start acting more like an eight. So that's what I mean by they wouldn't be like their type. If you have a very, very healthy five, they're going to be more eight-like. Someone who doesn't know that much about the Enneagram might mistake them for an eight okay that makes sense in my opinion it's less so with the other direction like the disintegration direction you pick up like all the a bunch of the bad habits of the disintegrated of that type so seven in our case but it's not like you start acting like a seven where people would mistake you for a seven so for fives, it's like we get really scattered. We can't keep track of anything. Our minds are moving so fast. We can't calm them down. But we don't start being like, hey, everyone, let's go to the fucking roller coaster. Like we don't start like, <laughs> acting like a seven. Yeah, so, I've gone through entire phases of my life where I was like disintegrating for an, an extended amount of time. And no one ever, I no one ever mistook, mis, mis, how took, mis, mistaken, mistook. Mistook, mistook me. <laughs> just that weird when I say it um, for a seven like that was that was never a thing that ever happened yeah. like that it was like that much separated from my core personality that it was like I took up all these other characteristics but I definitely went through entire phases where I was full on taking yeah taking that very scattered impulsive uh, just picking up a lot of bad habits um, that are not typical to my personality. Yeah, so this is a tiny bit tangential, although related topic. Um, so, for example, in my, parts of my life where I was really disintegrated or really stressed, I lost at one point, I lost my car keys, my wallet, my passport, all at the same time. Like, I couldn't find jack shit. Like, I couldn't keep track of anything. And I had no way to get new IDs because I lost everything. That's seven like in the sense that sevens can't you know, are scattered and often can't keep their lives together when they're average levels. But again, Mm -hmm. like no one would have mistaken me for a seven. However, I have been mistaken for not necessarily an eight, but not a five, like a more confident type after working my whole life on 
speaking and sharing my work and being more confident. So you can see it more with the healthier levels that people will think you're not a five anymore. Yeah, you and Josiah have that in common, <laughs> being mis mistyped. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say one of the things, too, when I disintegrate is I like to create chaos. Mm. Um, so even yeah. like I can get scattered on my own, but I also like to like make other people scattered. <laughs> yeah, self-sabotaging <laughs> and then sabotaging everything around you, just imploding. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I do. And that it too. also comes out when I get bored. Um, that, yeah. that happens a lot, too. So I don't know if that's a disintegration thing or if it's just me being bored and wanting to being an stimulate. asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, unhealthy fives basically want to burst other people's illusions. Like, oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about this. Should we start at the bottom and work our way up? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Sure. Let's do that. We'll end in like pure like oasis. <laughs> yeah. So an, a general note on this is like some people are saying now the top level or the top two levels even are like Buddha enlightenment and like right, basically yeah. most people are never going to get there. It's more aspirational. And the bottom level is like psychosis. So probably we haven't personally experience much of that hopefully Except so spiral dynamics in that way like you don't ever reach like the top colors <laughs> yeah yeah okay. so yeah the bottom bottom level like the most disintegrated the most stressed um the most unhealthy for five it essentially for all mind types it's some type of you know psychotic break but for fives it's this like more like schizoid um type of state what does that mean exactly um schizophrenic almost like, not schizophrenic the, exactly the but like reality ceases to matter like we all know we have our own world in our head that we can retreat to this would be like retreated so far lost all touch with the fact that there's a real world you get like wild delusions of like whatever's going on in the head is reality with no way to check it because this person's going to be completely isolated. Have which we'll talk to Mr. Robot. <laughs> no, I saw you talking about it. Now I want to watch it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. That's it explores the lowest level, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> in, I in really cool ways. I, I, I will say that. Yeah. I've never, I've never been full on and at this level, but I definitely, I feel like I have skimmed the surface of it. It is mm. a very scary place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in different ways. Like when I was younger and I was like in kind of my darkest times, um, I created I created this whole world uh in in my head, basically. And 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 I was so isolated that I started to I started to like lose touch with reality. Um and thankfully I brought myself back from that. Um, but how this can kind of come up uh, or how this has come up more recently is um, as I, I think, I think that um, there, you know, some, there's like some percentage of uh, the population who, when they, they try THC uh, it makes them more, more paranoid. Oh my God. Uh, I'm so in that percentage. I am too. And so I like ever since I've started experimenting with that, um, 
there are times when I, I, I go too far <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, I've got, I've got to bring myself back from the precipice because I'm like, you know, thinking that uh, Amy is a witch and like she's <laughs> she's creating like uh you know this alternate world around me and like i literally told her the first time this happened i told her i'm like you are wanda from wanda vision <laughs> and i'm like i was like it's not you're not like wanda you are wanda like she's <laughs> like sounds really fun for her yeah she was like okay i'm going to bed now so i'll see you later <laughs> that reminds me actually of like i know this if you research this, they say this is impossible, but I have even from CBD, that kind of thing happened. Wow. And yeah. I did like a big dose of CBD being like, oh, it's relaxing. Everyone loves this to relax. And I had like the largest existential crisis meltdown that I've had. And like, I'm not a stranger to drug use at all, like that I've had in maybe my whole life or at least since I was a teenager where I was like oh my god the world is ending and like it's gonna end really soon and what do we do and it was like what the fuck is happening to me so yeah I guess it would just be like that but all the time this is strange to me because you guys both have like paranoid episodes with drugs and you're both four wings and I have the six wing and I have the most pleasant time ever on all hallucinogenics, <laughs> like any, like anything THC. Like I'm like that actually like I, I go off the deep end until like who gives a shit. <laughs> so that sounds very, amazing. Very, that does sound amazing. Like, I, 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 the way that I ex explain uh, doing shrooms is like it's literally like floating down a river of color and you don't care where it's going. I love mushrooms, actually. This is just THC specific. Sure, yeah, and she does like it can cause problems for sure. Yeah, it's mushrooms are a whole different, whole different world. I've only ever tried THC, so I have, I have no reference for anything else. Oh, you might have better luck, like with microdosing. I, I might, yeah. Um, so basically, this would be like that, like the experience you're describing. Um, there's an, like an enormous amount of fear, like terror involved. Mm. So mm. I think you know, trying to relate it to something we've all had. We have probably all had the thing of like the outside world is a problem. Like it's trying to take me away from me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, relationships are a burden. Yeah. It would be like that to such excess that like doing anything that's connected in the world would be like terrifying. Okay. Um, and this is where you would get like even suicide at the like the lowest lowest level it's like mm. so much fear and like pain you can't run from and you're just in your own psychosis anyway that kind of stuff it's kind of an interesting thought taking you into like um religious context too being in a low level plus being in like an evangelical time where like they already are trying to constantly separate you from the world and say the world is bad and then in your mind you're also separating it could be a pretty low place like that's what that um r reminds me of um off the top of my head the times that i was the lowest and the most separated i think from the world was when i was also being told from everyone around me that the world is bad and we're separate but then i also feel separate from them too so then it's like where am i in this and where do i even fit in and so yeah that's that's just kind of what sticks out to me when you talk about that it's just it, it, that easily happens i feel like like that, that separateness anyway and so like getting down into the lower levels and then being pushed from outside sources into that could be yeah definitely problematic 
I think when we talk about the next two, the next two that are like low, everything where all three of us are describing, that's in those two levels. Mm. Um, but this would be like, everything's ominous, everything's intrusive, all our enemies, like dark mm. fantasies, insomnia, like just like pure crisis mode, basically. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, so that's level nine then? Yeah. And I don't know if it, like I'll, I have it differentiated enough to do like eight, seven, six, five, but the like maybe the next two together. So okay, eight and, eight seven. and seven. That would be more like the stuff that people probably have have experienced, who are listening at the lowest points of their life. So that is extreme isolation. From the outside looking in, disappearance, you know, so often sudden disappearance from relationship. Mm. Um, and then there's also like accompanying that there's this belief that your isolation is righteous. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, the idea that like the outside people who want a relationship with me, they're basically a burden and they're incorrect that relationship is worth anything and all or that's worth the enemy. <laughs> what is it they become the enemy right yeah like, yeah this comes from like it's it's good to separate and get away from them yes yeah, so push them away and yeah. then all that matters is your work whatever that is whatever that means to you all that matters is either your work or your internal world depending mm. okay there's a bunch more stuff like this. I didn't really differentiate seven and eight that clearly in like my own thinking. But what I also have seen a lot with fives um, and myself in the very unhealthy is secretiveness and not just secretiveness like privacy, secretiveness for its own sake. Like you'll get fives will start to make secrets on purpose to um basically have a one up on people like yeah from their intimates like if they don't know about this then i'm separate and separate is good oh okay. yeah definitely done that in my life for sure <laughs> example please um let's see okay so uh going back to the the religious circles it was i could uh, any time that i was working in churches um we already are okay. So, like, we're already sexual beings, but in religious circles, and you're gonna love this as the sex burn, um, this entire topic. So, we're already sexual beings. So, like, in the repression of evangelicalism towards all things like sexual, it was if you had sex with anybody or any kind of sexual relations with anyone at all while working in a church, you would immediately be fired. And so the heightened risk of being able to have sex with people and no one know about it made me want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I liked having that, um, the rush of the high risk um, of that, of that entire like aspect of my life being hidden with the idea that there would be a massive loss if people found out. But like it was, it was an encouraged behavior in my own mind, right? Like I, I was okay with it. Like I was okay with the the risk of it, and if it would all went to shit, then that was fine, which it did do, and I think I've talked about it on this show. And so, 
Um, and, and, and I accepted it immediately right out of the gate. Like, okay, yep, you, you, you got me, you know, and it's fine. We're going to move on from it because in my mind it was never bad. So I didn't care. Um, but it, the idea of no one knowing because to them, it was such a big deal was like, to me, that was, that, that was, that, that kind of plays into that for me, I guess. And definitely kind of played a part in my life for for years in that way and you know and it's like you you start looking for ways to do that not as much these days but definitely before like it was it was like a game you know and if uh, yeah yes exactly it's the it's like a game thing it's like you're essentially driving intimates away on purpose you don't it might not feel like it's on purpose in the moment but you feel you know intimacy feels really True vulnerable intimacy feels really unsafe to fives, especially average and below. So sure. if you start touching on that, like, for example, if you're with a partner who is like starting to really get you and see through your ruse or whatever, then you're like, oh, shit, like, I'm not safe. I'm not isolated. Oh, well, if I keep secrets from them, then I am isolated again. Mm. So this this can look like anything, but I mean, it can look like, you know, hiding drinking like you know whatever but it's it's like this in- almost this intentional creation of secrecy because it's the driving away of intimates it's the driving away of relationship and the driving the self the idea of the self away from the body so it's like pushing the body away as well anything that connects the five with their body they'll just become disinterested in that um, so this is where you would get a lot of extremes of self-neglect as well. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I've, I feel like I spent a lot of time in this level, in one of these two levels. Probably, I would imagine maybe it's more of the seven than the eight, but I spent a lot of time there because I feel I feel pulls, like you're talking about like the boredom aspect, Josiah, what you were talking about earlier, like wanting to implode your life or wanting to... Um, cause chaos you know like another form of chaos in many ways is are these secrets right and that 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 distancing yourself because it does like cause rifts in relationships and so i think that um that's been the biggest challenge for me post like religion and being now in a relationship where someone does probably see me more than i am comfortable see being seen all the time and feeling that pull towards trying to find ways to be isolated and then having to and then like but not being okay with it anymore like that's such a weird tension of feeling my past self which was in maybe lower levels of development whereas now i I hopefully i'm in higher levels i guess we'll find out as you talk about them but i definitely relate to this level a lot personally so one thing i'm really interested in 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 this part in particular is I, i can definitely see how unconsciously i've done what you're talking about like intentionally creating secrets um to as sort of a means of of isolating myself on the other side of that i don't like having secrets because it's so much work i have to keep track of secrets and it's just like i don't have the energy for that (laughs) like i don't it just seems like a pain uh and so I like, have you guys experienced that as well? That's how I feel now. I mean, for sure in any healthier level, I think that's a reasonable perspective to hold. Okay. Um, And I was just looking at Rizzo and Hudson's names for these. 
level eight is called horrified delirious <laughs> and level <laughs> seven the name of my next prog rock band album. <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway okay what's seven? Oh my god that's perfect and then seven is nihilistic eccentric Oh yeah, my forehead. <laughs> yeah, like we're all. I feel like all three of us are like, yes, I am that. Like I am yeah. nihilistic eccentric. I don't yeah. think I've ever been horrified, delirious. So I think we're mostly talking about level seven here. Yeah, and eight is closer to the psychosis stuff. Okay, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> all right, Nih- nihilistic eccentric is totally. Uh, yeah. We need t-shirts that say that. <laughs> oh, that should be. That's perfect for your t-shirts. Um, so I didn't even touch on nihilism. So the, like you get really cynical and really nihilistic here. And this is where you would want to burst the illusions of people because you are you don't have any, according to yourself, you don't have right. any illusions yep. of, for example, that like love exists. So, you know, <laughs> and so you're like, anyone who believes that is wrong, I'm going to go prove to them that like, there's no such thing as whatever. So, I, I mean, this this could be terrible to be around. Luckily, fives are self-isolating. So, unlike some <laughs> of the other types, we don't make this other people's problem that much. What if we make a podcast about it, though? <laughs> <laughs> because I have, I hate to say it, but you haven't heard the episodes we've been recording. <laughs> oh, God. Kind of a bubble burster. <laughs> really? I mean, we go we go some intense places, partially because of our community. I think a lot of the things that people have been requesting were pretty intense or controversial, like, you know, polarizing topics. But also, too, like, I mean, we, we, we've covered a lot of topics thus far. And in terms of, uh, you know, conspiracy theories, like we've talked about a lot of things that are controversial topics that I feel like, uh, I mean, at least Josiah has a, a mission to bubble burst all over the place. <laughs> Cool. I call it I call it red pilling, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're bubble bursting on everyone. Uh, I prefer that phrase. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just I. It, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like the last, you know, the last two and a half, three years have completely like deconstructed and reconstructed my whole model of reality, and. A lot, a lot of the like conversations we've been having are just more out of like catharsis for me to get all of this out of my system and actually get it out in the open air and like you know unpack it and talk through it and like work through it with the people around me because I've been internalizing it for two years straight basically, and the psychological impact that it's had on me has um, been very detrimental. And, um, and so that's, that's been a big motivation for me. And actually like talking about this stuff this season is like, I just have to get it out of my head and, and I should be going to a therapist, which I, I did start doing that again, uh, recently. That's so good. Th- that's good. Um, seems good, <laughs> but, uh, we already recorded most of those conversations before I did that. Maybe there'll be like a trajectory of like by <laughs> yeah, the end. A story arc for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd have to do a season finale where we talk about maybe we re- revisit them or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's been kind of a crazy season, but yeah, so I think that's kind of where we've been living is in this nihilistic, um, eccentrist place, um, mentally as we as we have done this show. But yeah, ho- hopefully we haven't 
<laughs> projected it onto too many people at once. <laughs> I feel like we do our best to like bring bring a little light in at the end of our conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and honestly, it's been it's been really fun this season in that regard. So I think it's been a fun place to explore that that level without diving too deep, you know, into those places. Like we're it's like we're revisiting those places, but we're not living there, you know, we're just visiting. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's I, I feel like that's that's what comes to mind first when you say these these um, levels. It's like, well, we've been kind of like visiting them just for <laughs> I don't know, hopefully entertainment and uh, and and helping other people <laughs> purposes. But, I but look yeah. forward to listening. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. When I think about the nine levels of development for a five, I agree with some of it and other parts of it I don't agree with, but I do believe that we can go through different cycles of those levels, even in a single day, but just we don't stay there. I think mostly I'm in the average zone. Most of the time I'm usually in the average area, sometimes in the four area of high average every once in a while i'll look and say hey i may be hitting the two level i don't know if i'm very healthy at you know the very best i want to think that i could be there and i do love finding new things and i love discovering things and being open-minded but i know that initially i'm not a hundred percent open-minded with everything I think if at my worst, my most unhealthy level, I think I've been a seven before, and that was probably where the lowest level that I've been in. I've never really been so phobic or so oblivious or, you know, at this scene of being uh, suicidal, but I have done and seen things in myself that I was not happy with. And when I get to that level, I usually look at myself very clearly and very specifically and I look where I'm falling because I know that it's time to change. So usually I don't get to those lower levels so much because I guess you could say I scare myself, but I I don't like going to those lower levels because I don't like who I am. So we're on level, this is level six, no, seven, seven. is. That was all seven. Um, I had one more thing to say about seven, which is this is where relationships would be viewed as a waste of time Mm. or Mm. transactional. Like if I need to get something from someone, okay. But otherwise, like, why would I bother? And anyone who's imposing on you in any way and, perceived to be imposing which like we would in this level perceive everything as imposing it's like extreme resentment like well i'm not imposing anything on anyone why are they imposing on me and like push everyone away that's convicting right there oh yeah i'm feeling really called out (laughs) (laughs) i don't bother you why are you bothering me right now (laughs) yeah it is annoying yeah, I do that. I do that all the time. Maybe I still am in this level. I was going to say that I'm in this level. I was in this level my entire like religious experience. I was never above this level ever. Like I never developed past this at any point because my environment didn't really allow me to, nor did I. 
but um but now that you say that like now i'm now i'm doubting myself now i'm like maybe i'm still there everyone ugh, why does everybody gotta be an inconvenience you know i <laughs> I don't, and I don't think these are these are static things, right? No, yeah, it's yeah. a ladder, right? right? It's a very fluid, it's a very fluid sort of a thing, and you can kind of go between at different times of the day, even probably. I think so. I mean, I think that's the the general thinking on it. Another mm. interesting thing, and an interesting layer that we probably don't have time to get into, though, is um, with instincts and stacking. It's actually different. Like sexual dominance would be more elastic in how often they move between levels. Ooh, interesting. I mean, we got all the time in the world. We make the rules. So like, <laughs> if you want to go into it, I'd be interested in hearing about it. I can always cut it out later. Okay. Well, I'll the, have more well, information than not enough, you know, the quick version. Uh, really? You want uh, more information? You like knowledge? <laughs> um, so self-preservation people are more static which would mean, Cody, that you would have stayed in the lower levels for longer. But wow. as you climb, you would be more static in the higher. So, you know, self-preservation dominance, they take longer to move. But once they move, they're pretty steady. Um, and then social's kind of in between and it depends on your stacking. But, um, you know, famously, sexual dominance can be really healthy and then really unhealthy, like within days of each other. Huh. But that's really interesting, and that's also why, I mean, maybe that's why be sexual being in the middle of my stacking kind of comes into play here, because I was misdiagnosed by people that in the psychology world for being like potentially bipolar because of my cyclical just going up and down all the time. And and that was not the case. It wasn't it wasn't a an accurate um diagnosis turns out i'm on the spectrum so it was a whole different thing and so oh my god wait i missed all of this when like in season one you were like i'm bipolar right yeah so it turns out i went through a test and scored insanely high on uh the uh asperger's like test so i it was like undeniable so the thinking is basically yes josiah you move between levels and you can move quite often and then we do see a difference between how frequently that happens depending on your stacking. So we talked um, about sexual and, and self-preservation, but what about social? Like how does social work in that? Social would be more in the middle and it would be more driven by social, like <laughs> expectations sure. and social relationships. So um, I'd say they're, they're in the middle. Um, let's get into, I want to tell a story, but I'm, I think get into six first. Um, Okay. So six would so now we're in average levels. All those ones we just did were unhealthy, disintegrated, right? So we get into the bottom of the average, which they've named extreme provocative. Okay. I don't know if I love the names, but some of them are good. Um, that would be like the fear that others are going to threaten your niche of knowledge. So there's a lot of, in the average levels, um, like proprietary thinking about one's expertise. Mm. Like you're trying to kind of carve out your own corner of the world where no one else is so that you don't have to deal with other people and you don't have to feel threatened. So in this lower level of the average, it's like, okay, you start to feel threatened. And... This time I'm reading from their notes because my average notes are not that differentiated. 
Um, this is where you also would get enjoy subverting the beliefs of others. But this would be in relationship, kind of. Like, we're back into, okay, maybe I'm in relationship with people sometimes, but I'm probably telling them weird shit and, like, bursting their bubbles all the time um, for fun. But I still probably want some kind of relationships with people. Um, and you can get, like, bizarre um, ideas from fives at this level or just because they're not checking or I should say we we're not checking ourselves with reality very much it's pretty isolated still hmm. okay how does that look <laughs> which part what do you mean by that like the bizarre ideas oh and... okay I can give you an example Um. so I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast fuck uh, I'm going to try to conceal the identity of this person. So there was a person I worked with kind of briefly who was a five, very clearly brilliant. But whenever he talked about and a kind of a theorist and like an esoteric theorist, whenever he talked about his philosophies, you were just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. And it was like, he was like putting together like cosmos and like, you know, quantum physics. And you're like, I know you're brilliant. Like I can tell, but the way you're integrating these theories is not working. Like it's, you're not testing this with anyone. You're just like sitting in your basement for a year, making a whole theory model. And then you're telling someone about it, but you're not ever being like, Hey, check my thinking. So, so Josiah, when he's high. <laughs> Yeah, exactly i was just thinking i have this note in in my phone called high thoughts and, <laughs> and, and sometimes i'm not high when i have them but i'm like oh that's a high thought it's so long it's so long and it's just full of gobbledygook and it's, <laughs> i basically created my whole like framework of the the universe yeah <laughs> just by manifesto <laughs> So here's the thing, when we get to integrated, like fives, I mean, often at least really are brilliant, but when we're shut away and we're just like what they say is tinkering, you know, tinkering endlessly, it doesn't help anyone. It's not actually useful in the practical world. Yeah, yeah. I, I can really, um, like I can think back to, I was very much this way all like even up into my late 20s. Um, where I would get these ideas and, and a lot of mine usually had to do with like, um, stuff I could build, um, like software wise and, or like businesses I could do and things like that. And I would work all this stuff out in my head, but I'd be afraid to tell anyone because I like unconsciously didn't want them to poke holes in it because yeah. in my head it's so brilliant, but you know, I, I couldn't deal with that reality of like, you know, having it, having it confront, you know, actual reality and other people and like, you know, prag a pragmatic look at things. And, um, and I remember that all that changed around the time when you know, I was running my own business for a few years and I just had to have so many conversations, like hard conversations with people. Um, and ha like was constantly having like my ideas challenged and I just sort of like got over the fear of that. And I remember I was talking with um, 
one of my mentors who knew me from earlier in my 20s. And um, I had this business idea and I took it to him. And when he started to give feedback, I could tell he was like being really tiptoey and like not wanting to be direct and like sugarcoating everything. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. You don't have to do that with me anymore. Because <laughs> I had like gotten past that point, I guess. I guess I'd sort of moved up these levels in, in that regard. Um, but it, yeah, it used to be a, a huge problem for me. That's much more eight-like of you. Oh. To to just want to hear it, you know, hear it direct. Yeah, I'm definitely that way now. Um, fives are extremely rejection sensitive. And <laughs> that's what's at play here in this level. And the one above it is like, and I remember this in my own life. It's like, if someone doesn't like this, I'm just going to like crumble up and die. Like, I'm just going to like give up on it forever. If there's any critique. So that's, I think, what's behind a lot of the motivation of not sharing ourselves. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you're not going to have the best ideas if you have no one helping you. Yes. That makes sense. I mean, that's how I was for, for music a long, for a long time. I think that's honestly what kept me from wanting to do music in a serious way for most of my adult life. <laughs> is because of the, the fear that I either wasn't as good as I thought I was in my own head or like nobody would like my ideas or and all of these things. You know, I mean, I don't think that I was able to mentally or emotionally even get to a place where I could take those steps until we did the show. <laughs> and so um, the, this, the, this is what helped me, I think, move past that and putting my thoughts out into the world with just being afraid of the repercussions all the time for the first few couple seasons, at least. <laughs> now I'm not so bad about it, but I, I, I'm a completely different person in just like a few years, basically. And so this this show, I think, is what propelled me forward into hopefully up the higher levels or at least accessing them for brief times <laughs> what was your story you said you had a story What's oh i forgot about the story okay um so i'm sexual dominant meaning that like i am really elastic with this and even though i've worked very hard at getting to the higher levels um there was like a, maybe four or five months this year when I was finishing my dissertation put like was doing a big push on that where I became incredibly stressed and I had gotten mad at my five friend the previous year because he just like dropped off the map he went into a big work stress cycle and he was like we used to hang out all the time suddenly he's gone he's like oh I'm busy with work for like 10 straight months we were neighbors. I never saw him. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, then wow. I I just did the same shit, exactly the same, right <laughs> after having experienced it myself and being like, oh, this is actually really annoying. I had to I came out of the abyss, you know, finished the dissertation. And then a bunch of people were like, Where have you been? What is your problem? Like that was really hurtful. Mm. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I know better. And it's still because of just the enormous amount of stress. I, I guess I put myself under that all got shut down. The idea that relationships are important that went away for that whole time period. And you know, I knew the signs and I still didn't see them. You know, what's funny is on, on the other end of that, I feel that I'm feeling a massive pull to pull away right now, like in my life, because of all the things that I have going on. But at least 
like two one third of everything that I'm doing right now requires me to not do that. <laughs> you know, with this show, with music, trying to finish recording, like I have to stay social. Otherwise, none of those things will will get done. So I'm having to tap into the very bottom of my stacking to just be like, you have to remain. Connections are important. Like you can't pull away. But I'm feeling so stressed with like wedding stuff with moving now which was not anticipated it was a last minute like thing that was against our will and we did not want to do it but it happened and it kind of got thrown in the mix and then i'm just feeling like that massive pool to be less social and just like do nothing productive for in a, a certain amount of time to try to like i feel like i'm just like running on fumes so like i think i'm feeling this weird like instinctual feeling of like wanting to recharge but i can't so it's like yeah, it's kind of a strange feeling, I guess, to not be able to, but really, really want to. That's probably good that you have that fail safe in place stopping you from doing it yeah, all the way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel I mean, I'm definitely like on the the fringe of of mental health at this exact juncture. Like, and I'm I'm at least self-aware enough to recognize that and know that like I'm, I'm emotionally fairly unstable at this point. Like things can easily set me off, especially moving right now and being f completely outside of my comfort zone as, as the self-preservation. Like I was flying off the handle before this episode, before we started recording because I couldn't find things and I didn't know where things were and I was just not okay about it. And I had to apologize profusely to Madison before we started and being like, it's a, I'm so sorry. Like I'm a terrible human being right now. Just ignore me. Um, but but yeah, I'm just I'm just all over the place, and I can just I feel myself in conversations wanting to like regret not regress, but I guess regress, but um, pull pull away just constantly and just kind of live in my bubble, but just to try to like get through the situation of any social situ like you know environment because I just can't deal with it, dude. Yeah. I even though I am a social dominant, um, <laughs> I was out of town last week. Um, for a work thing and you know one of the one of the conversations Cody and I have had earlier and in the season is uh, telling my story just basically about uh, realizing how much I had been um, disconnecting in my life and the effect that that was having on me and like I, I got into the point where actually I don't, I, for, for most of my life I never really enjoyed life and I would have little spurts of it, um, but I realized that I'll, so much of that was because of how I was disconnecting. And um, and I found myself at the beginning of this trip, I used to love to travel. Um, and I was just like dreading the trip, you know, and not wanting to be around people because I was exhausted. And the very first thing that they made us do at this work of it was like we had there were over 300 people there and then they like split us up into four groups and then and then in the group they split us up in half and they so it was basically like two lines of 40 people and we stood across from each other and did speed networking and nope fuck that I, yeah when i found out we had to do this like every fiber of my being just wanted to like crawl inside of itself Corporate social, fo like forced social situation. Oh my god! It's like the I antithesis. Like, five. I do not. I like. I so did not want to do it. Um, oh. And I. Uh, and it was basically just like, you know, you you each had ninety seconds to answer three questions and then uh, move on. 
And uh, so like uh, for 45 minutes, oh like my that God. was a thing. Oh. So like every three minutes you're moving. So like, you know, across like 15 people and it was so loud. So you had to get right up in each other's faces. And so we're just like spitting in each other's faces. And like, I woke up the next day with a sore throat. I'm like, oh, damn it. And uh, yeah, so it was just like right off the bat, super, super draining. Um, it sounds traumatic. <laughs> oh, it, it, you know, it was a little bit traumatic. Um, <laughs> but there was... There was something about um, that week that over the course of the week, even though I was doing a lot of social stuff, at some point, it, it, al alcohol probably helped a lot, but um, at some point, like I just, I stopped this story in my head that I didn't want to be there and I wasn't, you know, uh, like I, I'd, I, I, and I don't know what point this happened, but like I noticed it um, where I was, I'd stopped trying to pull away and disconnect. And when I started to engage, um, I became more energized. Uh, and it had to be like, I, I think a part of it was like over the course of the week, I found like people that I knew that I could connect with. And so I, like I spent more time with them and, and, um, we had really like great experiences and dinners and stuff. And, um, and then by the end of the week, um, like I didn't want to, go like there's a part of me that was like i don't want this to be over um and then i actually ended up staying another couple of days in in the city in montreal which was fantastic um and i i did this double decker bus tour and was just sitting on the top of the bus riding around the city and i was like almost audibly laughing i was so happy and that is just such a weird experience for me um, because it, like, I, I guess I'd had my social cup filled to the point where like, when I was alone now, I just was just letting myself enjoy life. Um, and, and it, it, it was a surreal experience for me. Um, and, but it was awesome. Like I, it, I've been learning, um, over the last few months, I, each time I, I stop that pattern of pulling back and instead like engage in whatever it is that it was with, you know, Amy and the kids or if it's with work stuff. Um, I'll notice like positive shifts in myself and I'm having to do that more and more and, and, and get used to that pattern so that I can recognize how to get back there uh, more often. Um, and that's sort of like my goal over time to where I can get to where, Hey, I actually enjoy life and, and you know, on average, uh, I enjoy life more than not enjoy life because <laughs> I have an awesome life. I should enjoy it. And I just like have not been able to let myself enjoy it. That's great. That's good news. All right. So where are we on the ladder? <laughs> We're at level five. Um, so for five and four are really similar. Um, they call five detached, preoccupied and four conceptualizing, preparing, um, and like, if you read the description of the book, they're not that different, but yeah. I'm just going to talk about like the, basically the, the dead middle, the average level. And this is where I think we spend a lot of our time. This is where you, you know, the five is like sharp, probably incisive, but very heady. And the bias is brain knowledge is the only knowledge. <laughs> that's the bias of basically the five type structure anyway um but we'll get to like relationships and intimacy are okay here unless they interfere with my work <laughs> then then no right but you start to see the value of them um 
And there, but there's this big mind body disconnect in the average level and level five for sure of like, it's, we're still not embodied here at all. It's like we're floating head, doing our head thing, whatever that is for us. And I'll just go right into four. Like that's going to be similar, but this is where you would start to get some impulse to share yourself, but you wouldn't be quite ready. So in level four, you know, the um, sin, so to speak, of the five is avarice, which is the hoarding of the self. So in in level four, you start to get a little bit of that lift. So you're kind of like, maybe the world would like to hear my music or read my writing. Um, but it's not ready. Like, I'm going to just work on it some more. Yeah. Oh, man. I definitely have spent the majority of my life in this middle section. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and also, like, that's, I mean, this, if, if you were ahead of me in this progression. So like if it wasn't for you being a little bit ahead, this show would have never happened. <laughs> that is true. You know, so I remember the conversations we had at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You really had to like hold my hand and talk me off the ledge there. <laughs> uh, Cause I was very much in the, I think I was in the five. Yeah. I mean, 20, 2019, 2020, I was level five for sure. Um, and it took me a little while to get, or maybe five, five slash four. And yeah, that was, that was a, it was a hard place to be in. I, I don't, because I don't know if I would have ever, I, I think I would have, I was willing to give up music because I never wanted to have put it out there again. I think I was willing to get up, give up a lot of the things that I loved because I didn't, I felt incredibly paralyzed by self and just couldn't, didn't know how to get out of it at all. Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely relate to this level in a, a deep and visceral way because <laughs> I, I think I hate it the most. That's the thing that I hate the most about myself is the hesitation and wanting to keep it all to myself and not take those, those leaps because I respect that so much about like eights, you know, sevens are a little bit more chaotic about it, but eights, you know, they have these big ideas and they just go for them and they, they see the big picture and they're willing to go for, you know, do the things and then, you know, they become millionaires. <laughs> it's like I just want- reckless about it, but they do. Sure. Yeah. And they yeah, probably ruin a lot of lives on the way there. But like, <laughs> that's not what bothers me. I think that's <laughs> what bothers me is that they were willing to do it at all costs. And I kind of want that in myself, you know? And so I think I feel that more now than I ever have. Um, hopefully not the ruining of lives, but the definitely the doing the things that I feel passionate about and feel certain of at all costs. I'm definitely feeling that way a lot more now. And so, yeah, that's it's a tough place to be. And I feel like, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably where we all live the most of the time because every five I know is kind of in this place a lot. There's That's probably the motivation to like, you know, to integration within yourself that you are admiring eights because that's essentially where you want to grow to is mm. like, here is what I have to say. I don't give a fuck. Like if it's, you know, you think it's not ready here. It is like, that's what eights do best. Mm. And that's what fives can do in the highest levels, which we'll get to. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that Cody. Cause like, I, I think that I had, I had gotten, I spent more of my time in those higher levels like 2018, 2019. And then in 2020, when we, at the end of 2020, when we first recorded, like I'd been through so much that year. Um, like after 
after we recorded that first one, it wasn't that I didn't want to put it out there, but it was just like, I'm, I'm overthinking all of the, the things that, that come around. Like I knew when we first recorded, I'm like, this is going to take off. And then that almost made me want to not do it. <laughs> so for like three or four months, we didn't record again after that yeah. first episode. Um, and most of it was on me. I mean, I had a lot going on, but also like I, I, that was an excuse for me too. Like, because I, I was going through like 2020 did a number on me and, and this was around the time when I'd started my job. And, and at that point I'd finally, like, I realized how much stress I had been under and I let myself like feel it for the first time and I just sort of fell apart. And so I'm like, I was, I was definitely, um, in an emotionally uh fragile place and i didn't i didn't want to put myself out there again um at that time and so it was hard for me to launch the first season a lot of it actually came because of cody and he was excited to like get it started <laughs> and so we finally just had to set a date and then like it was uh it was may 5th like 5 5 yeah, uh, that's when we launched. Um, and they wouldn't, have, if we hadn't like, if we hadn't done that, it wouldn't have gotten done because it basically just like forced me to, okay, we've got to record, we've got to like get this stuff out there. Um, yeah, you led me to the edge of the cliff and told me to jump, and then you stood there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, good thing that there's both of you. Because probably yeah. if either one of you is trying to do it alone, it might not have happened. It sounds like you were yeah, trying to launch that. it from like a level four or level five place. And yeah. any five who's ever put something out in the world, like, you know, if it's like you, Cody, art, music or something like this, like they've had to coach themselves through this process of like you do the whole thing and then you're like, I don't want to hit rec publish. Like, I don't want to whatever the last step yeah. is. You're like, no, I take it back. And then once it's out there, you're like, oh my God, I don't want anyone to see it. That's yeah, like I still do that. I do that with with all music things. Like whenever I post something for the first time, whether it's a social media post, a video, uh, you know, any kind of performance, you know, anything, I, I post it and I'm like, okay, it's done. And then I immediately have to like basically try to stop myself from compulsively checking to see what everybody's doing or react how they're reacting to it because then i'm like obsessing about how it's landing and yeah it's so it's like i really do have to kind of like constantly coach myself off of that ledge of like not getting too obsessive about it and, and well, part on. of that too is that we love data that's true <laughs> so as yeah. soon as it's out there on social it's like oh i wonder you know what the data is saying <laughs> Yeah, and it's that's another thing too. I mean, we have a social media. That's been a tough one for me because I've I'm probably more involved in social media now than I've ever been. But in, in I don't know if it's I haven't time will tell if it's an excuse or I really do love the data um, to uh, uh, to give me an a, an excuse uh, and permission to obsess over it. But <laughs> I I do really love the data and have seen um, great. Um, uh, growth and and progression on social presence for myself just watching data like just watching what people react to what they don't react to trying to tweak it here and there and letting it become that puzzle in that game you know that's that's been the hardest the it's kind of a strange thing but yeah it's it that keeps me from being obsessive in a weird way because then it's like not personal so sam i'm really curious for you because you've 
done a lot of social, uh, like social content and you put out a, a lot of amazing content and I'm always like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you keep yourself going and like, you know, putting yourself out there like that? Okay. So, um, if you go into level three here, it's a lot about, it's called in the book, focused innovative. It's a lot about mastering a body of knowledge and skills that no one else has so mm. that you can feel competent because you have no competition mm. because you know, our whole fear around being incompetent. So right. it's like just reading from the books directly, not wishing to compete with others. They prefer to explore new ideas and forms. So their tinkering can result in profoundly original ideas, inventions and art so I basically hacked my way into level three by doing a dissertation, which by definition is something that no one's ever done before. Right. So that inspired a lot of confidence because I don't feel like I'm in a position to be really critiqued by equals because it's like it's innovation. Mm. So that inspires a lot of confidence. So that's answer one to your question. And then answer two I guess there's three answers. Answer two is I'm a sexual dominant, which is the counter type of five. And I actually like, I like attention if I'm engineering it. Ah. So that helps a lot. And then thirdly, not every time anymore, but almost every time I make a video by myself, I'm doing pretty well when I do like something collaborative where someone else is in the video. Pretty much every time I do a video by myself and post it, I'm like, I fucking hate this. I can't look at it. Like, why did I do this? Why am I doing this? And that has never stopped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. That makes sense, though, because every time and going to your first answer, every time you make a post, you know that you're putting something out into the world that like it's your thing like it's your voice and so yeah that makes sense that you would because it's easy to justify that and overcome the fear of putting content out into the world if you know that you're the like you're basically like putting your name on it you know it's like this is my this is my shit like no one else can do this yeah it, it helps a lot yeah. and then i think also in this level you get more generosity um i don't think i'm i'm like living at this level but i can i can cap like capitalize on it i can get some aspects of it. it there's more generosity and there's more of this idea that like you are important to the world in some way like you you okay. sh should be or can be giving of yourself and that's that's helpful and then it's like you know a little bit less of like a know-it-all body of knowledge and a little bit more of like knowledge as is useful to others or in your case cody like art as is to be enjoyed by others it's like giving it away yeah for sure yeah, that makes sense i would imagine that it's also it's not just a head knowledge at this point like you're you're probably sharing parts of yourself your experiences more of your heart and that helps like if, to me that would help me feel like when I've done that sort of like with this podcast, like it, that helps me feel connected and it helps me feel like I'm, I'm sharing not just like things that I've learned, but the things that I've actually experienced. Um, and that's why I, that's really, when you were talking about the, uh, the sort of like no competition expert thing, that was the exact conversation that Cody and I had basically was like, if we're going to do a podcast together, it has to be something that like I can sit down and talk about with no prep. And that's why we landed on this, because this is the only thing I could think of, like, 
I, I'm not an expert on anything. I don't consider myself an expert in anything except my experience as like my lived experience as a five. <laughs> like, and so that's, and, and I feel very confident in, you know, being able to talk about that ad nauseum as people have experienced here with the show. <laughs> There's also no other Enneagram 5 podcast as far as I know. So yep. it's not like, you know, I have to be better than another thing, which is really uncomfortable for fives. Mm -hmm. Like I can just be. And that's, yep. that's when you get fives really shining. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely why I love doing this for sure. I've been all the way down the levels with mental health challenges in the past. I would like to think that I've touched level three and spend much of my time around level four. I think I live at level three, and I can say that with confidence and comfort. I aspire to, at some point, move to a level two or a level one. I think I have glimpses of that. And I tell myself, I suppose that will come when I get ready to retire someday and I'll, I'll, I'll have that kind of time. Although that's probably an excuse on my part. I suppose one could make some of the endeavors of, the, of, of one and two a priority, but comfortably level three. Cool. Well, uh, we've got two levels left. Yeah. Really so the way that I'm conceiving of it, the next one, like we can probably at least touch on it. Um, this is this would be like the visionary. So fives letting go of our fear of incompetence, letting go of our fear of rejection. We have inner knowing, trust, and most importantly, embodiment, embodied wisdom. And this is like, to your point, Josiah, this would be where we get a lot of other types of knowledge. So it's head, heart, you know, mm. spirit, if you like, body, all equally. And I can say I've had this like a few times for a few days, like probably at best. But I remember um, when I was doing my Enneagram training, and that's, you know, a really supportive environment, and it's basically like you might as well be in therapy from like sun up to sundown the whole time. I ended up feeling like being really in my body, at least at this one I'm thinking of. And I would just say things like they just came out of me. I didn't think about them first, hmm. which anybody fives who's listening, they know that how different that is. Uh -huh. Like we all think about shit before we say it. And so that's much more eight. Like it was just like flowing. And then this lady who's sitting next to me was like, Oh, like, I think you're the smartest person I've ever met. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not being smart right now. Like, I'm not trying to be smart right now. This is like the compliment that I spent my whole life wanting to hear. And I didn't get it until I just like got the fuck out of my head and stopped overthinking everything. <laughs> so it's oh, really man. integrated. I mean, it's like completely, you have to be really in your body, feeling your body, and realize that your that wisdom is beyond just the intellect and kind of that, letting that flow through. 
Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, that also might be a good place to mention because I've had a lot of conversations with people about the Enneagram and me from my my layman's level of understanding of the Enneagram. And I, ha I do have the wisdom of the Enneagram and I love that book, but like I'm just, you know, could only have so much information in my in one time in my head. And so um, to people are always like, OK, integration versus disintegration. Like, what does that even mean? Like, how does that look in like how, how, how does that work in the context of the Enneagram? And this is a good example of like what you're talking about, like integrated, meaning like well-rounded in your in your in your person and in taking all of that into into account, I guess. And so all aspects of your being are integrated. Yeah. Right. That's that's a good way of looking at it. I like that. Just wanted to highlight that for a second. Um, cool. Because for fives, the you know, the mind body separation is almost happening at every level that we've mentioned um, yeah. until you get into these, you know, three and above for sure. But even two is, you know, it's really hard to get sustained embodiment mm -hmm. for fives. And I wish I knew how to do it so I could tell everyone how to do it, but I don't. Yeah. I like when you describe that, I can definitely um think of you know I can definitely recall five or six times in my life where I've experienced that um and and to your point it doesn't usually last super long like a week or two at most like at most <laughs> and uh I had never thought about it being a result of embodiment um usually it came around when I had some sort of like uh huge pattern interrupt. Um, like when I deconstructed from religion or when I uh, left my job to start my own business um, or like earlier this summer when I, I uh, had what I called my Christmas carol night. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you'll have to hear about that when the season comes out soon. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of blowing my mind thinking about, how like to your point we spend so much effort in our heads to achieve this level of knowing that we will never achieve because we're not embodied yes you got it that's the thesis <laughs> of this episode <laughs> nice love that well now i you got to know what one is. <laughs> Write that phrase you just said down somewhere, like in the notes or something. That's really, that's exactly it. That's kind of all you need to know about what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and this is also true with every type. It's like your greatest fear, which in our case is incompetence, actually comes true because you spend so much of your time and energy trying to avoid it. Oh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. If, if you know older people who are fives, which I do, um, especially, you know, unhealthy, they become quite incompetent later in life because mm. they've spent their lives avoiding things that make them feel incompetent. Therefore, they never learned how to do them. Mm. Yeah. Actually, we could maybe do a whole episode on incompetence. But when you let go, become unattached, non-attached to you know, appearing competent is when you actually achieve it. Hmm. Okay. So Buddha level, Buddha level, or I call it sage mode. Okay. <laughs> Buddha level. So I guess this would be the one that we probably cannot aspire to, but um, in the book, they call it participating visionary. Although I see the visionary thing happening, you know, in 
level two a lot. This would be basically like pure non-dualism. So letting go of the belief that we're separate in any way from our environment and from other people and sort of living as one. Like we are everything. We're part of everything. Everyone is us. We are everyone. Um, if you ever done psychedelic drugs, you might have felt this like yep. for a couple of hours. And it's like all of the stress we carry as fives, um, a lot of it comes from separateness. It's It takes a lot of energy to maintain separateness. When that goes away, it's a huge relief. And it's very easy to feel like in the flow or to feel connected, to feel safe, all the things that fives don't feel. Um, so I think most of us probably won't achieve this in a sustained way, but we can probably have tastes of it oh man i'm gonna start crying (laughs) (laughs) just because like i (laughs) well that's true um i i have tasted that like in just little like I've, I've, i've had little glimpses of that and it's the most beautiful thing and i i hadn't thought about it being a result you know, my basically the, the block being a result of separateness and how much effort we put into that. Um, I, I always thought that my separateness was something that happened to me. And that's been a big learning for me in these last few months is my separateness is something that it was, it's my response to what happened to me. Oh, mm. put that in the notes too. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. I mean, it's you're doing it to yourself, just in your unconscious. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a response, and it does actually. Fives famously have the lowest, along with nines, the lowest energy of any type, and this is because this is where our energy is going. Mm. Mm, interesting. It's like that weird, um, like out of date software, like program that's running in the background that we don't realize is taking up all our CPU. <laughs> exactly. It's the Chrome of our life. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I I've never experienced one. I don't think, not really, not 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 enough to be able to talk about it. But I guess I'm I'm behind you guys. I can. I haven't um, without help. I mean, occasionally, yeah. like when I was in a really healthy period, I meditated and did yoga every day. I could get it in meditation sometimes, but for minutes, I mean, not not for long and yeah. psychedelic drugs as well. Yeah, yeah mine, came, mine, for sure. mine came as a result of doing um, self-hypnosis three times a day for 90 days. So mm, that's it. That did a number on me, and I was able to like access more of that for a while after that. But I never have been able to reach a sustained level. Oh, in labor, also, I don't know how many women listen to this, but um, who have kids, you know, not always depends if it goes well. But like my second birth, it was an unmedicated home birth. Absolutely, was I mean, it hurts still, but it was like this state of like there is no mind. You are life. Like life is you. You're just a vessel. Like it's really beautiful. And that completely changed my life or you know, since then. Oh my huh. god. Now that now that you mentioned that, um the like m- my first experience 
of being the most embodied that I've ever been was when, um, so I was, I was Amy's birth coach and we labored together, uh, all night. And, um, and it was mostly just the two of us in the birth room for the most of that time. Uh, and it's the first time I'd ever really experienced feeling like I was in the moment. And it was because I was just, it was just me and her and it was just, it was just, it was so primal and so, and, and so beautiful. And it was just like us and we're bringing this life into the world. Oh my God. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Now I might cry. <laughs> Josiah, the hormones. Come on. What are you doing to me? Sorry. <laughs> well, we did it. We got through the whole lot. There's all oh, the man. levels. So Sam, thank you so much. This was amazing. Caveat yeah. for anyone listening who's like, oh no, like I'm at level seven or, you know, like there's, there's no judgment here. We right. all are in all of these throughout our lives, circumstances, age, like all types of things. And there's no shame in it. And it's, if you're like at the lowest one, it's not impossible to get to the highest one just because you're at the lowest one. It doesn't quite work as linearly as it sounds like. So this is just for reference of understanding yourself, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as anyone who's listened to this podcast long enough knows, like Cody and I have definitely spent plenty of time down in the lower levels. <laughs> and I, to me, what what's helpful for me is just like a recognition of, you know, where when I'm when I'm in any of these states, I can recognize, oh, I'm disintegrating, I'm going down in that, and I can catch myself. And and also like, remind myself that there's nothing wrong with me. This is just part of, of this journey of being a five. And, and then having these, these higher levels that I can look to and, 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 you know, realize that they're, it's just, it just takes some work to, you know, that inner work to get back up to that place and being able to have that sort of vision of where I'm heading um, is always really helpful for me. Definitely. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, Sam, cool. This was fantastic. Uh, everyone go check out Sam's work uh, on Instagram, Enneagram Sexpert. Uh, you also have a website. We'll link up in the show notes. On um, Instagram, it's um, Enneagasm, E-N-N-E-A underscore G-A-S-M. Yes. Enneagramsexpert.com is the website. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. And uh, we are definitely going to have you back on again soon. Thank you. So fun. Hey, it's Josiah, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you're the type of person who likes helping others, would you do us a favor and share it with other people like you? If you found value in this conversation, they will too. I also want to give a special thanks to our community members who shared their voice with us in this episode. If anything in this conversation has resonated with you, or if you have any further thoughts or questions, I want to invite you to join our community of other people like you and continue the conversation at Enneagram5.com. 